other members to join us this evening. You know, as I say, we are here once a week on Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern Time uh, here in the U.S., Uh, Welcome to those of you who will be listening live and, of course, to the replay all over the world. Thank you so much, so much. I am so appreciative for all of your prayers uh, and support for uh, this, our program. And, you know, sometimes I was telling uh, my fellow um, Focus Female Global Sisterhood earlier today that You know, it's only Tuesday, and I've been reading so many posts about roadblocks and setbacks and disappointments, and then I sat back and I looked in my own life, and I have roadblocks and setbacks and disappointments, and um, it's good for us to talk things out. You know, reading the text and all of that online, it's okay, but when you share Uh, at least a voice with one another, it gives a different feel to it. And a lot of times we have to support one another, encourage and um, motivate, inspire, enlighten, all of that. And it's good to hear that human voice every now and then. So as I always say, whether it be one of us or more of us here, we're going to have a show because I know that someone out there needs to hear what we have to say. We always bring you something that you need to hear, not what you want to hear. There's enough uh, feel-good, foo-foo, fluff-fluff, foo-foo gurus out there who tell you what you want to hear because their main objective is to sell you a bill of goods, get your money, and then go on their way. Here, of course, we all have our programs and things like that, but we come together once a week to give you information that you can use. And, of course, you know, you just dial in, and, of course, you can get Whatever you need, you can call in, ask questions, and we do this because it's our way of giving back to um, all of you, wherever you are all over the world. That's what this is about. And, of course, it's under the umbrella of um, Healing Through Hurt iTalk Radio. So, of course, I know that this show is being heard all over the world And I just want to say hello, 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 all over the world, wherever you are. I know that our friends in Africa may not hear this until, let's see, it's 7.07 here. So it's about what, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, about 2 o'clock in the morning there. So unless they are up, they may not hear this until a lot later on, and that's okay. I just want to say hello to you. Good morning when you do come on for the replay. Uh, To our friends all over the world, as I said, good morning, good evening for some of you. It's still a beautiful, hot, sunny day here in Maryland in the USA, but I tell you, um, I know that some places you may have rain, you may have other issues, but here, even here in the U.S., I know that Florida was dealing with the um, with the tropical storm, I believe. So again, um, 
we have to make the best of where we are with what we have. So that's what this is all about. And welcome to our guests over in our call query. And, of course, those of you who are in our chat room, um, I had technical difficulties opening the mini chat room, so the chat room is working for you trying to get in. I'm watching it on a different system, and it is open and running, uh, so I'll be looking through several uh, different um, monitors tonight, so bear with me if I seem that I get quiet or something. It's going to be one of two things. I'm either looking at another monitor, seeing what's going on, trying to troubleshoot, or to read a comment or a question, or it's the time of reflection, because whenever I speak, I always give that time of reflection. So that is uh, where we are right now. So today, Our focus for today is to make sure you have convinced yourself to go in the right direction. So I'm going to go over here to our uh, Facebook group, Focus Females Global, over here on Facebook. Because, you know, every day I do a post called The Ripple Effect. And today it was all about what I said earlier, our focus for the day, which is make sure you have convinced yourself to go in the right direction. So let let me just share the ripple effect with you. Um, I'm just going to read it to you verbatim from uh, the newsletter that I did uh, earlier this morning. Um, So it goes a little something like this. Let me make sure none of the sisters are coming on yet. Okay, great. Which direction are you headed? Today is all about our personal perceptions when we are in the midst of our storms. When we are lost in the darkness, we have two choices, expect more darkness or push forward towards and exit into the light. Many of us convince ourselves we are at our lowest point. Wallow at ground zero or pick yourself up. Brush yourself off and rise. Let me say that again. Many of us convince ourselves we are at our lowest point. Wallow at ground zero or pick yourself up, brush yourself off and rise. Many may not know that I am one of those people who uses both sides of my brain equally. So as much as I am analytical, I'm artistic. I tell my stories through my writings, uh, my poetry, my art, more so than speaking. So I want you, I told my readers to read the words on my painting. I put up one of my paintings and I added some words to them. Then have a talk with the person you see in the mirror about your answer. So what my painting says is question. Is this painting depicting the time before dawn or darkness? Your perception will determine your next move. If you choose dawn, prepare to walk into the sunlight. 
If you choose darkness, prepare to make your way through until the break of dawn. Now, the name of the painting is called Dusk Till Dawn. I created it when I was coming out of one of my darkest moments in my life. I chose to walk towards the dawn. What will you choose? That's what tonight's program is all about. What will you choose? And I'm so glad it looks like one of our sisters just jumped on. I believe it's Sister Shauna. Uh, If you're ready to come on air, Shauna, um, press the number one on your phone and let me know. Yes, she is. So Shauna is here, everyone. Let me go over here and look over in our chat room. Okay, welcome to the guest over in our chat room, too. Sister Shauna is here with me now, and Shauna, I just had gone over um, reading the ripple effect for today and letting everyone know about our focus for today is make sure you have convinced yourself to go in the right direction. So, Sister, welcome, and how are you doing this evening? You know, without complaining, I've been down with a cold or flu or something, and let you know, let WebMD tell it about seventy-nine other infections. So, <laughs> oh know, my goodness, making it on, you know, just popping some mucinexes, I'll be fine. <laughs> How are you? And you know, and that's that's one of the things we have to keep pressing through. And you know what? I have had so many people today ask me, "How you feeling? How you doing? How?" You? My answer has been all day, "Well." I'm above the grass line, so I'm okay. I can't right. complain. That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and it's so interesting that it's only Tuesday. And, I mean, I have been reading more uh, people sharing their roadblocks, their setbacks, their disappointments, people needing hugs, people needing encouragement, people needing um, their tears dried, people who are at their wits end. I have been trying to keep everyone positive. And then, you know what, in doing so, I guess I go back and read what I've written to someone else, and then I try to heal myself with it, but, you know, I never listen to me. So, <laughs> yeah, I think oh, someone may be a little bit hard-headed sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, who are you to tell me what to do? You know, so I walk away from <laughs> the mirror and leave her right there where she is. I'm like, who are you to tell me what to do? I am C. Maria, and I know because I have helped X, Y, and Z, and D. Who are you to tell me anything? So, yeah, we have that argument every now and then. But, um, you know, I was speaking with another one of our sisters, Christy, earlier today. She had done a she did a post, and um, she was talking about leaving that narcissistic um, individual behind where we don't keep trying to hold on to things that we need to let go of. And yeah. no matter what it is in life, and I know you, you can probably chime in on this and agree that, you know, a lot of times we hold on to that dead weight. And in doing so, we become our own ball and chain. I mean, am I wrong yeah. about that? Because no. I just want to, you know, well, get you know, another perspective say, on it. No, I mean, you know, I just actually had this conversation this morning with a dear friend, you know, in reference to my life and what's going on in my world. Um you know, going through a divorce is never is not always an easy process, and it took me a long time to you know really look in the mirror and realize that you know I was beating a dead horse, um, mm-hmm. and that I had been carrying such great weight 
um, along my journey over all these years, you know, just thinking, okay, it's going to get better, something's going to change. Um, and it wasn't, and I realized one day, you know what, this is it. You know, this is how it's right. going to be. And I had to make a decision. And when you make that decision, you know, when you're faced with those, you know, like you were saying, in your ripple effect, you know, you, you have two choices. You know, to continue right. on the path and accept it as it is, or to accept it as it is and make a different choice, <laughs> you know? Right. And, right. Um, you know, I had to, I made that decision. And how I, I did not realize that, you know, um, all these years that I was actually that ball and chain, like I put the ball and chain on myself. You know, I had right. thought I, he put it on me. And, you know, the things I had to go through in the relationship, oh, they're the ball in that chain. But I was the ball and chain because I was always trying to hold on, hoping for some, a different outcome. Right. And once I feel like and I take that shadow off, I'm, I feel a lot better. Right. No matter what and everybody I, else. <laughs> there you go. That's it. We have to learn, no matter what anyone else says, we have to take – sometimes it's okay for us to put ourselves first. It's okay for us to – Take care of us, for us, by us, whatever you want to say. It's okay, especially when, um, like you said, at some point we get to that epiphany where, darn, he's not, or he or she or whomever it is for all of the listeners listening live and for those of you who listen to the replay, it's not about that person anymore. It was in the beginning, but then... After so many times, we become our own ball and chain because we're the ones who choose to stay. And so many of you may argue that point. But before I finish this, I know that we have a new listener who just jumped on. I see her there. And if you would like to join this conversation, because we spoke earlier, this is someone who wants to get into this realm that we're talking about. And I'll tell you, I won't even say your name, but you know who you are. Last last two digits of your phone number, your last four is one five. Um, you want to get on the call, you want to talk about some things, press the number one on your phone and I'll bring you on air. But um, Shauna, I had reached out to couple of years ago, maybe two years ago or so, and um, she is coming of age in her speaking and advocacy as well. So tonight is a really good night. One thing you should know about me, I mean, you, we've known each other since high school and beyond, but um, if you'd like to be on air, get yourself together, press the one on phone, and I'll bring you on so you can join our conversation, because this will be your crash course, your first course in <laughs> getting used to being put on the spot and being asked to speak about um, something. Share as much as you can without getting too into it too deeply, but um, I do believe that probably, based on what Shauna just said, some of those things you can probably identify with. So, again, last two digits of your phone numbers, one, five, there she goes. That's what I was waiting for her to do. So, <laughs> here we go. We have a new sister on tonight. This is, which one do you want me to tell you? <laughs> Sandy or Renee? Sandy. <laughs> this is Sandy. It doesn't Sandy matter. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Um, I'm doing good. So Sandy is brand new to this. Um, I haven't seen Sandy in a couple of years. When I last time I saw Sandy, I was still married to Mr. Psycho, and um, a lot of things have changed in her life. A lot of things have changed in mine. Um, but I thought about it when I saw you pop on. 
um, Sandy, the one thing that Shauna was saying, I said, I wonder if Sandy is hearing this and she can relate to some of this and jump in because Shauna was just getting started a few years ago and I reached out and I said, you have potential. I think our conversation went okay. something like that. And I said, you mm-hmm. have potential. And from that point on, um, it just continued to blossom and grow. And Shauna, you're from Ohio, right? I'm from Ohio, yes. Yeah, you're in Ohio. Um, she's in Ohio. She uh, did. Um, she did. She um, she and I continue to converse, and um, we met face-to-face. Um, and I'm trying to get with uh, another one of our sisters to put together another program for all of us to come together for Women's Summit. I need to reach out to her and see if we can do that sometime before the summer ends or maybe early fall uh, and do a Women's Summit. Um, so I'm working on that as well. But tonight, uh, Sandy, it's all about making sure you have convinced yourself to go in the right direction because it's only Tuesday, and you talk about a mess with everybody. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm home this week, but then I have a show this week, and then I'm back on the road again. Um, this is what, what happens is that when people hear this, and we do this every Tuesday at 7, um, mm-hmm. when people hear our stories, because it's about our stories, I always say, People want to know, how do you get a million listeners? How do you get these people from France and Africa and England and all these people to just send me a message and say, hi, how can I get involved? How can I do this? I'm like, it's because there's no big secret to it. The secret is your story is your testimony. And the more that we learn how to tell it, the easier it becomes for us to a degree because at some point we're going to get tired and we have to stop telling it. So that's when I kind of take a back seat and let you all tell your story. So Sandy, if you want to share anything, um, because you're now the fledgling in the bunch and each one of us is going to pluck a feather and give it to you Mm -hmm. so that you can create your wings so that you can spread them at some point and fly and soar with the Eagles. But right now, if you want to share a little bit about your journey at this point, because I personally, I was like, wow, I've missed a lot. And when I saw you at the gas station, I remembered everything that I heard you say and how you right. were saying it. I said, okay, I have to make that time to call her. And Shauna, what's the best time to call me? Early in the morning, the crack of dawn with the roosters. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. <laughs> I'm like, trust me. I'm like, I don't want you to think that I was joking with you or anything. I'm like, trust me. You want to talk to me? This is the best time to do it because most Sandy, of the six a.m. is too late. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Because <laughs> I'm like, you better get in early because there's a set group of people and everybody's vying for that one position. So right. <laughs> you better get in early yeah. because when I get in there, if that phone isn't ringing, whoever's got me first, that's who's gonna get on. So definitely, um, that's the best time to ever reach out. And, I mean, good Mm -hmm. days, bad days, doesn't matter. But I'm going to turn the mic over to you so that you can um, just start telling people about your story because this is a learning process, and this starts now because if this is really the world that you come into, it takes a lot because you have to really part when it gets hard, when you have to sit down and really start to reflect 
and to begin to tell your story over and over again because your mind as a woman will convince you, you should have known this, you should have done this, should have done that. That's not what this Mm -hmm. is about. It's too late for that. The bottom line is, hey, it is what it is. This is the story. Let's go from there. Right. My biggest thing was, well, actually, my husband and I met like in 89. We got married in 1990. Um, I left three years after we was married because of the simple fact he's a very controlling person. And um, I just couldn't take it back then. I knew and he actually tore up pictures of my, the males in my family that I had in my picture albums before oh, wow. I met him because he felt as though they were a threat. It didn't look right for me to have these people in his house. Um, I left right away. I knew that was just weird and out of place. Um, so I left, we were apart for at least four to six years and we actually met again and he seemed so much different. I thought he grew up. I thought he was a different man. He told me he was a different man. We actually dated for eight years before we tied the knot again. And, um, those, his signs didn't come out right away. He was getting hiding himself. So when he, because before we even rekindled everything for sure, it was like, I can't go through what I went through the first marriage. And I went through everything with him, and he assured me he was this changed man. And he hit it. He hit it very well, like I said, for years. But when I look back at things, he really wasn't hiding everything. I was blinded by love. I didn't mm-hmm. want to see what he was doing to me, what I was going through, what I was putting myself through to be happy with him, to keep a marriage together, because I never wanted, I didn't want the marriage in the first time, I didn't want the marriage in the second time. So, um, actually, I stayed in the marriage because I didn't want to be a divorcee again. I had been married once before with someone else and then him and I got married and then we remarried. I didn't want to go through a divorce again. I just wanted I my whole train of thought was this is going to get better. And what actually my family members and my friends saw that it was what I was going through and I stayed in denial. I said, No, I'm not going through this. No, it's not really like that but deep down I knew what it was after after a while, but it took me years to actually figure it out my own self. I didn't want to hear anybody mm-hmm. out. Then finally, um, when I did see what was going on, I stayed in denial so long until he actually, because I couldn't talk to my friends in front of him. Because if I talked to my friends, and it was times, remember when, when, you, when we were going to the community center, Cassandra, he was upset about that. Anything I did, it was, it was an issue. Why are you doing this? Why do you have to do that with her? Um, it was like a big issue to have friends. So I never talked to friends while he was home. I would talk to my friends when he worked. Uh, family, even my mom told me today, she says, I always knew, your sister and I always knew when he was home because you would say little words like, yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, and I'll call you back. And my mom said if she talked about certain things, I would change the subject because I didn't want him to hear it. And um, when I, we would get off the phone, he would always say, who are you talking to? 
And then it got to the point when he starts showing his colors again, he would say, you talk to your mother too much. You talk to your sister too much. You talk to, to this person too much. My sister got real sick. And she, um, first her husband had a really bad car accident. He was out of work for a year and a half. My sister ended up getting sick. He went back to work, but she tried to work too because they had bought a home. And while she was going through her period of her eyes, um, she had to have needles in her eyes every week, and she had to go to the doctors every week. And my mom and I, we were her support group because her husband had to work. I have a very loving brother-in-law, and he had to work because he had to make sure he kept that money coming in. And my husband's thing was, no, you're not supposed to go every day. And he did not want me to go to my doc, my sister's doctor's visits. And it got to the point where I remember one time, I was so, I got depressed. I started getting really depressed, and I got so upset and depressed. I started getting angry at myself, but I was sort of taking it out on them in a way because I was like, I'm not going to go. But I went anyway. But then I started getting mad, and I picked a fight with my sister. Didn't know what I was doing. I didn't realize what I was doing until after I did it. And I'm like, well, why can't David go with you? I'm repeating what he's already putting in my ear. So... Finally, my mom had got sick, and she had to go to the doc, to the hospital, but I couldn't drive. We had two vehicles. He supposedly bought me one, but I wasn't allowed to drive it without his permission. No one knew this. I didn't even tell Cassandra that. I couldn't drive a vehicle without his permission, but I'm paying car insurance. My mom went to the hospital. I couldn't even take her. I had She had to drive drive to my house and I had to drive her car because she would he wouldn't let her go to the hospital in his car. But when I decided to leave one day was because I went to take her to the, I went to take her to the doctors and I said, um, I'm taking my mom to the doctor on Monday. It was it was a Friday and he says, No, you're not it was like a Saturday or something and he says, No, you're not and I was like, Why? I was like, I am. I paid the car insurance. And he says, Your family can't drive in my vehicle. Matter of fact, I hate them, and they can't come in this house any longer. So I decided then, I, I told him, I'm not paying the car vehicles, the shorts anymore. He thinks because he had money and he was controlling that his thing was, well, if you don't pay, you don't drive. Give me the keys. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. But I ended up giving him the keys because we argued so bad, and the arguments and everything got so bad I knew I was no longer, it was time for me to go. And I never wanted to move back home to my mom. But it was, I was like, you have to do whatever you have to do, but you get out this situation. This is not healthy. You're already depressed. You're crying. You're, you're going through so much. I left. I stayed with my mom for two months, got myself together, moved in my own place. He told me before I left, he says, you cannot make it on your own. Without me, you can't do that. You will never have anything. So when I moved in with my mom, two months later, I got an apartment. I got my furniture and everything. And when I told him I had an apartment, he said, no, you don't, because you're going to move back home. I said, no, I'm not moving back home. I have my own place. And he told me he was so surprised because he knew I couldn't stay with my mom, but for so long, because he knows that how independent I am. He said, so I figured you would have to come home. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not coming home. 
I would never come back there. And his way of asking me to come home, which he never asked me to come back, his thing was, you need to stop this foolishness and bring your butt back to this house. And later he told me, I figured if I scare you enough, you would have to come back to me. And I've always told my husband, if you scare me, you push me away. If you love me, you bring me to you. Um, And he never, ever comprehended that because he didn't want to. He always told me before I left, right before I left, I was packing my stuff. He got in my face and said, I'll never change. He was like, and I want you to always remember this. I will never change. And um, that stuck with me because he's always told me that, but I never paid attention to it. So once I moved out, my train of thought was always, I wasn't, I was hurt because I always loved this man. And I still do have some love for him, but I'm not in love with him anymore. But the thing was, Mm -hmm. and that's like, I'm not even sure I love him because he hurt me so bad. But the thing was, um, I had to tell myself, it's not your fault. I always knew it wasn't my fault. I always knew it was his fault. My thing was always thinking, what if, what if we could have made it? What if? So finally, I had to finally convince myself this year, because this has been since 2014 when I left. I had to convince myself this year, stop saying what if, because it was never going to work. He was always going to be him, and he was always going to control who you are and try to bring you down. Because my husband never right. tried to put me up on a pedestal. He, he always said, I put you up on a pedestal, but actually he never put me up on a pedestal. He always tried to break me down. And then I, that's when I found out, I finally figured out, not all men, but you have some men out here or some women that will try to break a person down so they can control them and just take over their life. And then once right. you're broke down that bad, if that person and you are never together, they make it harder for the next person when they come along because you're so broken and you're so hurt. So my thing now is don't be that hurt, broken person where you can never love another man again because there is a man out there, and I know there's a man out there for me. And right. I know I'm going to be happy in another relationship, but I just choose not to jump into anything. When I see it's only one person I've been out with, and he had all the red flags, it didn't take long to say, oh, no, I cannot go out with you. I cannot see you any longer because when he first did things like my husband did, he laughed because he kept saying, I'm not your husband. you got to get over him. Oh, you just think I think every man is like that. But then he did something else and something else, and finally I said, no, you are like him. You're just trying to convince me you're not like him. And I know the person that is met for me, I won't see any signs of my husband. If I see one sign, I know, leave it alone. So let, that's let me my say story. this. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I want to remember this. Um, I did an article um, not too long ago. It was called The Power of Your No, uh, To Know right. Your No. And mm-hmm. um, 
when you say no to someone, you can do that without explanation. Because, see, the minute that you get into explaining yourself, number mm-hmm. one, this other person, that's that's a sign that they want to see. Because when they notice that you're going to explain yourself to everything, that's a sign to let them know how they can control you and what they can do next. Learn to say no with no explanation. You all were going out for a little bit. You know what? No, I don't think this is going to work. Done. Right. Okay, I don't owe you any why. It's not going to work. There are, what, how many men to, what, seven, eight, nine women to every one man on the planet or something crazy? Bottom line is you have eight other options. Go pick one or two or six or whatever you want to do, but I'm no longer one of them. And leave it at that. Um, to Welcome to all the guests, because we have a nice little bunch on tonight. If you want to join our conversation, if you're over in the call query, please press the number one on your phone, and I will bring you into our live conversation. If you have some comments, some questions, you just want to join it. Uh-oh, someone else is joining us now. Last four digits, 94. Last four digits, 94. Welcome. Who are we speaking with now? Jill's Marie. Hey! Oh, my goodness. I didn't know if that was you or not. One, another one of our sisters just joined. First-time caller. So, oh, we have two first-timers tonight. Yes. Sis, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> this is Jill. Jill, this is Sandy and Shauna on with us live right now. And guests Hello. over in our chat room. <laughs> Um, yeah, you guys, if you're logged in as a guest, you have to log in under screen name or give us a call, 646-478-4726, if you have a question or a comment, because you cannot uh, join in chat when you're logged in as a guest. So back to the conversation, Jill. Um, I'm so glad to hear from you, because Jill was there when I was mm-hmm. in the midst of my storm. She was literally there. Um <laughs> when I was dealing with my own special type of crazy. And um, she was there to a degree. We worked together. Um, so she knew a good portion of what I was going through, and I was really in the midst of my storm. As a matter of fact, it was actually it was Jill who guided me into the right direction, to the right court system to help me get my maximum protection order. So uh, oh. everybody has a story tonight, and uh, Jill, you pressed your button, so I know you want to chime in on something. So I'm giving you the mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just I, I caught the tail end of the young lady who was just speaking, and forgive me because I didn't catch your name, but um, I'm listening Hi, to I'm your Sandy. story, and I'm what was your name? I'm sorry, Sandy. Sandy, in some of your conversation, I'm like, was she married to my husband? Um, <laughs> And I I think a lot of it, everything that you were saying is right, and you seem fairly fresh um, out of, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're divorced, I don't know if you're just separated, but a lot, just like we're Maria separated. said, it's, it's, it's controlling. And your ex-husband, mm-hmm. still husband, he's going to control you and for as long as you let him. And I, I've been divorced, it'll be four years um, now, and I don't know if one of my best friends is on the line. Her name's Angela. I don't know if she's here. I just texted her and said, I want you to log into this call. But I, um, it took me three years of divorce to become the woman I am today. And I say that with, I was married for 20 years. I have three kids from the ages of 25 to 14. 
and I married this guy when I was 18 years old, been with him since I was 15, always, excuse my language, a shitty relationship, and Mm -hmm. very controlling, um, money, always was a breadwinner, blah, blah, blah. But the bottom line is this, I want you to know that just like Maria said, no, there's no explanation in this. You don't need to give your ex-husband or your soon-to-be ex-husband an explanation. And when he told you he's not going to change, please believe everything that he is telling you. I do now. One time I did, but I do now. He is not going to change, and you are. I'm sure you sleep better at night being in your own house. Yes, and I'm sure you may have may have struggles, and I'm sure you're in tears at night, and I'm sure you're on your knees praying like no other woman maybe before, and I'm sure that you contemplate going back. And I don't know if you guys have kids or not, but trust me, everything I just said, I've done and more. And I still to this day sometimes wonder if I made the right decision. But I tell you, one verse, if I can pass any Bible verse to anyone, it is Proverbs 3, 5, 6. And let me tell you, I've had this bracelet wrapped around my wrist for two years. I've had it on my wall. And I realized six months ago, out of having this in front of me for two years, what that prayer means to me. So it is absolutely true. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I promise you that if you keep moving forward and you stay around positive people and you listen to people's stories and you believe in yourself and you trust in yourself and know your worth, you are better than anything he has said you are. He cannot control you. You are a phenomenal woman. You are strong. You are beautiful. You are all those things. God wants us to have all those things. And God does not want us to be treated like crap. He doesn't want us to be disrespected. So just stay focused and realize that he is not going to change. He is who he is. And I don't care what you do. I don't care what you say. There is nothing you can do to change that man. And nothing you can do to make that situation work. Just keep moving forward. Because there is no backward progress that's going to make you be a better person. You just stay forward right. and keep moving forward. And I and one day I'll right. be on here and I'll tell you my story. But I can tell you now, I am a 360-degree turn person. I am a totally different person. And by the grace of God, I am a better mom. I am a better friend. I'm a better daughter. I'm a better sister. I'm a better coworker. I am a better ex-wife to this man than I was a wife. And he is lucky, and he should feel blessed that I still talk to him, that I still entertain him, and that I still pray for him. So just keep doing what you're doing and keep moving forward. And Maria, she's right. She came came to me. I was an HR, but I was going through things that she didn't even know. And she's been, and her and I haven't talked in a couple months, and we've kept in touch. And and Maria Maria and I have had maybe five or six conversations when we work together. And by the grace of Mm -hmm. God, by the grace of God, he has kept us together somehow, some way. And I don't know yep. what made me just log on to Facebook and click on mm-hmm. her thing because I get notifications all the time from her. And I clicked on <laughs> it and I said, I'm calling in. And by, like I said, by, Maria has helped me in more ways than she even knows. And she has been a blessing right. to me. But I one day I'll get on here and even tell my story. But just to all the women on here, and I don't know your story, but I'm pretty sure all of them are very similar, so we all have something in common. But the only thing I can yep. say is continue to pray. There absolutely is a guy out here for us. And you know what? Yeah. I'm not settling yes. for any bull crap. 
I am going to be very particular. I'm going to be picky, and I'm going to get whatever I want because I am not holding no punches. I'm not. I'm being very honest with someone what I want, what I accept, what I won't accept. And if that means I'm single yep. for another year, two years, so be it. Exactly. Yes, and that's exactly that. how I've been feeling because, um, like, one guy and I was talking, and I explained to him my list that I will not, you know, I'm not, not taking anything off my list because, I, I mean, my thing is, once I left my husband, I knew I was never going back. I told him before I left. When he says, you will be back, you can't make it without me. And I said, I will never, ever be back. <laughs> and, I, and I meant that. No, I sleep a lot better ever since I left. Um, I don't cry. I never, my mom asked me one day, she says, do you think you need to cry? No, no, I don't need to cry. I cried the whole time I was married. <laughs> when we were living together, we'll be divorced in September. And I cried my, you know, through my marriage. I don't have to cry after marriage because now is my time of cleansing, of, of being happy, releasing all, all that toxic energy that I was in. And that's exactly what I did. So we didn't have any kids. He didn't want kids with me. He didn't have kids. And his kids treated me terrible, and he allowed it. But for me, it was like, I told I was on Facebook and I had a group thing at one time and to find out there were so many men and women going through what I had been through was like a, it was a it was a relief because you had someone to talk to. I pray for him. I don't wish him any harm. I pray for him, um, but I have to pray for myself and I have to take care of me now because right. He controlled right. the money situation. He controlled everything. He wanted a housewife, but yet he wanted he didn't want me to have any say anything, and he, he would never give me money. Um, I had to make my own money, so it was like I had, I mean, if, if I depended on him, I would have nothing. I mean, it was times where I knew he cheated. Um, I, in the marriage, I felt like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm not pretty enough. I'm ugly. Uh, I'm not skinny enough. I picked up a whole lot of weight, you know, thinking like that and whatnot. I lost my weight since I've left him. But now I'm like, I don't care if I'm fat or skinny. He, he had to accept me for me. You know, I'm not you know, he wasn't good enough for you. He wasn't right. good he enough was for never, you. He's never good enough for me. Right, and that's what he, he doesn't right. realize that. And men men control us because they are insecurities, and that's what it is. And I can right. tell you, one, this is, this is kind of off subject, but I, one thing I realized, and I, some of you may agree or not agree, my girlfriend and I had this conversation yesterday, and the signs were there. My ex-husband did not have a good relationship with his mother. And that my is the number one rule. That is, yeah. that is so true. I If a man does not have a relationship with his mother good, respectful, he is not for you. If he can't respect his mother, he is darn sure not going to respect his wife. And I had, and, and, those, are, and those are the exact words I finally spoke to myself. Matter of fact, it was this week I had told myself, um, if he doesn't get along with his mom, if, he, if you don't respect the females in your family, or right. just family period, your family period, you're not going to respect me. And that's what I had to 
learn and tell myself. And actually, I thought about that this week. That's really funny because it was probably yesterday when I'm thinking about that. Um, because me, I'm still telling myself, and I, I every day I'm telling myself something positive, something to go, not to go back to, all sorts of things. But um, it's still a learning process, but I'm happy to be in it because I'm out of what I was in before. So yeah, I'd rather right. be in, right. So I'd rather be where I am because he even admitted to me one day when he had to stop past, he stopped over here, and he sat down and he said, I know I was a terrible husband. And I'm like looking at him like, yeah, you want some brownie cookies or what? <laughs> so you don't get brownie points for telling me you were a terrible husband. So I just let it go because I'm like, I'm not going to entertain your thoughts. You know, so it's like, let's take care of our business and so on. You'll come to a point where you have to shut him down. He can't be a part of your life. And you you guys don't have kids together. You don't. And I want to back up some where you said you don't cry anymore. I'm going to be honest with you. I still cry. I still cry to this day because you want to know I cry because I am blessed and I am happy that God has enabled me to be Mm -hmm. the woman I am today to speak to other women, to speak to my friends, to speak to myself, that I went through all the bull crap I went through, and I have come this far and still maintain who I am out of all the, the things that he said that I wouldn't be. You know, right. and I'm still able to, to, to be kind to him. So, mm-hmm. you know, just be careful because the things that he is saying to you, like, number one, great, you weren't a good, you weren't a good husband. I'm glad you feel that way. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you feel that way, because you know what? That's a terrible thing to say, <laughs> and it's a terrible thing to admit that you were a terrible husband. And, mm-hmm. and guess what? And admit it proud. You don't need to be a part of that anymore. You know, so you'll right. have to eventually shut him down and not entertain him, because eventually it's going to get to you, and eventually it could possibly right. lure you back to the situation that you were in. And I'm saying this because. I've been there. I know the feeling. And you don't have any kids with him. And I don't know if I should say thankfully you don't, you know, because I, I didn't hear your whole story. But, you know, God closes the door for a reason, and a lot of times we can't understand it. We want to open that door and say, no, I can fix it. I can make it right. The hardest thing to do is to leave that door closed. Trust me, I know. It's so right. hard. You know, so just, you know, stay positive and one of the things that I do, and it's funny, my my one of my best friends is always like, okay, so tell me exactly what you do or how you do it. And she probably thought I was nuts, but I literally have conversations with myself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And, like I'm, there you I'm go. talking to my best friend, I'm talking to God, and I, and I keep it real myself. Look, you look good. You are who you are. You're strong. You're confident. You're not letting anybody get you down. Like I have these conversations with myself. And let me tell you, if you haven't done it, too. try it. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And then you have, if you feel insecure you do. about yourself, get butt naked in I, the mirror. I do that. And respect I yourself. I definitely do that. You know, so yep. we have I to, as women, we got to come that. together. Yes. And that's the beauty of this tonight, ladies. Let me just interject for a moment because I'm hearing so many revelations tonight. And, Shauna, I know you can chime in too, but um, I'm hearing so many revelations because as I was clinging to Jill when we were working together and she was there, she was in HR, like she said, I don't even know how we started talking. 
and um, mm-hmm. I started sharing my story. And back then, I wasn't where I am now. I wasn't the speaker. I wasn't any of that. You know, healing through hurt, none of that had manifested yet. It was still all coming together. I was still at, literally at ground zero. That's when I became that. I was just at ground zero. I wasn't even a Shiro yet. I was just at ground zero. <laughs> and, um, you know, for me, I don't talk to him. And one thing that you said that really was a red flag for me is that you've let him into where you're living now. That's a cardinal no-no because he's charismatic, and he will know every guard at the gate, every everyone, mm-hmm. and those idiots will let him in. So you don't yeah. let him in your house. There's no reason for him to be there. If he wants to talk to you or do something for you, you meet him at a neutral place with a lot of people. Don't let him into yeah. your spot. I'm telling you, bad move. Yeah, okay. That's number one. But you know what? It's over, it's done, now you know. Secondly, he didn't right. want a housewife. He never did. He wanted a house slave. He never wanted a right. wife. He wanted. He just wanted a slave, someone to cook and clean, let him do whatever he wanted to do. And that has a lot to do with his self-esteem as a man. Also, nobody. I, I didn't know these stories were going on because when you and I broke, when you and I stopped talking, Renee, I think the last time that I had heard from you, Sandy, was when, you know, you were going to take over because you knew I was going through all that crap at the at the center, and I wanted you mm-hmm. to take over, and then you just said no, and then I was like, I had no idea that everything was going on with you behind the scenes. I just knew that you had said no, and I was left dealing with, you know, my storm going through that, and all of that just fell apart after that. As you know, everything just fell apart, but Oh, okay. This is the thing where I didn't know. Oh, yeah, it just it, it was a mess. It was a hot mess, but <laughs> and then I was getting ready ready to get rid of him too. But certain things you don't do. You don't have to talk to him when you don't want to. Period. He's not yep. welcome in your home. That is your space. And the minute that he walks in, he's trying to taint where you are. He's trying to like yeah. like um, no harm. Like any other dog, they will try to mark their territory, leave their mark, mm. and you know. That's what they do. So don't let um, – it's just a suggestion, but don't let him No, believe in. me. I'm going to listen. <laughs> that's that's, that's listen. a cardinal no-no. And I love the fact that, as always, I never know who's going to call in, which one of us are going to be on the call. But guess what? I believe that everything happens for a reason and a season and then divine timing. We were supposed to be mm-hmm. here two nights. We, we were supposed to be on this call, meaning Shauna, you – me, Jill, we were supposed to be on this call because guess what? When the people, I was just talking before you ladies had come on, I said, welcome to all the listeners all over the world. I said, it's like two o'clock or something over in Africa. They'll hear this when they get up. So, and all over the world, different time zones and everything, but people are going to listen to this in the replay and share it with your friends if you're ready to do that. Because I had no idea. I used to look at Jill's pictures, go on her site, and I was like, oh, this is really nice. Oh, wow, they look like they're so happy. This is just wonderful. <laughs> this is just <laughs> had no clue, was totally oblivious to it because Jill never shared back. And, you know, and I'm thinking here, I thought for that one moment, I was like, how selfish of me. I didn't ask her, oh, by the way, are you going through something too? But by, back then, I was so broken, I – didn't have anything to give to anyone but I say to each one of us Jill is at a different point I'm at a different point and to you Sandy right now what you do you take all of your broken pieces you pick the best of those and you create a new masterpiece is what I always say that's how we change you don't I mean 2014 it's time for him to go and now with the new laws in place look 
I, I'm I'm tired of you. Sign the papers, mm-hmm. let me go. And then, right. yes, you might be starting over, but I always say when we're at ground zero, that means we have no place to go but up. So stand up, brush yourself off, Amen. put one foot in front of the other, and continue until you start to rise. And before you had come on, Jill, and San- well, Sandy, I was telling you about it. One of the things that we say here in Focus Females Global is that each one of us who are the seniors or the more established people, our journey is a lot further. Each one of us plucks a feather and we give it to you so that you can build mm-hmm. your wings. So you will begin to soar with the eagles as well. That's what this is about. That's what this, this I, I'm just so right now, I'm just so in shock and awe. And for me, you, you, my story is that my ex um, had an affair with the neighbor, with a neighbor who's still here. So that's his reason to stay in the neighborhood. They live together. He drives her car. He still doesn't have a license. He still doesn't have a job. The IRS and everyone else is looking for them. She lies for him. She does everything like he said she, she was. He told me in the end that when he when he came home to me, reality set in, and he saw all of his shortcomings. With her, she worshipped the ground he walked on. She would do whatever he said. And Obviously, it's working out for him just fine because he has a roof over his head. It's not his. He's shacking up with her. He's driving her car. He doesn't have a license. He's still getting in trouble. He's still doing all these things. She's lying for him. She's protecting him. I'm like, oh, you guys are a match made in hell. But have I said anything to him? Good for her. No. (laughs) You know, he rode past me just yesterday. I was getting some stuff out of my car, and I looked up as he was riding by. He didn't see me, but I saw him. And mm-hmm. he rode down to her sister's house, who happens to live across the street from me, but she's a ways down, so she's not close enough for him to have seen me, but I saw him when he rode by. Um, he still orders things, has it delivered to my home. He still has mail that comes here from time to time out of the clear blue, and I will call these companies say, when did he contact you? And they'll say, he just ordered this. So he's still trying to get back into my life because when I say I cut him off, ladies, I didn't say one word to him. He left my house in June of 2010. I had my divorce December 21st, 2010, because what we had was just that bad, and that was before the no wait and the no contest divorce thing even kicked in. So I've been divorced from him since 2010. He's still weaseling around the neighborhood. He's still coming here. He stuck with her to give him a reason to stay, and he used to be loud and boisterous so I, that he knew that I would hear that he was in the neighborhood, and I still didn't mm. care. I have not cried. I have not cried over this. Don't know why. Um and don't care because to me, I can't cry over something that never existed. The person right. who I fell in love with, married, and did all of that, he wasn't real. He was fake. So I can't cry right. over that. And he's not allowed here. And I told the judge because it was so bad, ladies, that when I had gone for my divorce hearing, the judge told my attorney, Counselor, she's already proven her case. Sit down. You don't need to say one word. It was that mm. bad. And the minute, the Maria, minute that that eight, uh, mm-hmm. go ahead. I'll let you finish, but I want to say something before you end the call. Right. Oh yeah, we've got a little bit of time left. We've got oh, okay. um, I didn't know little bit of, we've got a little over thirty minutes. Um, actually, okay. we have a little over thirty minutes, and then we go into the after show until we hang up. But um, he, what was I getting ready to say? Um, where did I leave off? What was I saying? <laughs> Y'all know I'm getting old and I can't remember that. 
the judge said, sit down. I've already heard her case. She proved her oh, case. Oh, told him to sit down because I had already presented my case. Oh, I know what I was saying. After that 18-month period for the protection order was over, first thing that fool did was email me. What did he say? We need to talk because, quote, unquote, I want closure. I just laughed, and I didn't say a word back to him, didn't respond. And I think that I'm the first woman in his life who totally erased him from the planet and his family, and that bothers him. And then, you know, when I first divorced him, his family's like, you know, he really is sorry and he does love you. Okay, no, I don't I don't love bums. So the bottom line is simple. The person that I married, and don't get me wrong. Now, like I was telling you earlier, Sandy, he said that if he couldn't get 50% of everything that I built before I met him, because I had my home built long before I met him, if he couldn't have 50%, mm-hmm. I'd have 100% of nothing. He proceeded to tear up everything. But guess what? God decided he had a different plan for me. And, you know, you were blessed enough to be able to go with your mother. When I said that I had lost everything and I had no place to go, my mother said, well, you can come and stay with me, but you got to pay me 50% of everything, all the utilities and everything. I had no money. I had nothing. I was about to lose my home. She said, well, you got to pay me. And I said, you know what? Never mind. God has me. Then she comes back with, well, what I meant was, no, you said exactly what you meant. If I have to live in my car, I will do that before I will come here with you. So God took care of it. And there's something, right. I guess next time we get together, ladies, we're going to talk about the power of faith and how that brought us through this because yeah. the listeners need to understand that this is so much, there's so much more to our stories than this. You guys are just getting the the flash version for Sandy because I really put her on the spot because she wants to come into this realm for advocacy and speaking and all of this. This is what it takes. When you can tell your story, my listeners love the fact that we can come on here and it's not scripted and we're authentic. And Jill, um, I'm going to turn it over to you. And Shauna, I'll turn it over to you after Jill gets done because you've been silent. I know you don't feel well, but if you have anything to say, you can add after Jill's done, okay? I'll be real quick, Shauna. I just wanted to say this to you because you had mentioned when you and I met that you did not say anything to me and ask me what I was going through. And what I want you to know, and this is something you may have never known, I don't know if I ever told you this, but you were my rock. You were like a, you were something that I, to watch you, to see your strength, and to talk to you afterwards, whether it was a year, two years, and a year that we wouldn't speak or whatever, but I always remember your strength. I see, I've seen your progress. I knew that you were trying to become an attorney. I knew all this stuff, and I've watched you for the past six years grow and even everything to the magnitude of the things that you were going through you are someone that I still look up to and I watch and I admire and I say Maria is the strongest woman I know and she is still moving you have taken your story and you have encouraged you have blessed you have empowered and you have created so many good things. And you, you have no idea how much you have touched my life without you saying anything but me watching your strength and watching you overcome and be the one, woman you are today and the powerful woman you are today. So always know that. Like, you didn't have to ask me anything. Wow. It was your action. It was your action. Wow. So I well, want thank you to you. know I that. Mean. Don't ever think – that you did not have an impact on my life because you did. And it may have been because of you that I walked away. 
And 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 real quick, ladies, I'm not even gonna go to my story, but I'm gonna tell you this. I literally, I have I have three kids. We built a home, five hundred thousand dollar house, living the life. I didn't have to work. I worked. I came home one day, and I literally got a tap on my shoulder by God Himself. And you know what He said to me? Pack your bags. And I packed my bags, and I left my children, and I left my husband, and I left my house, and I moved in with my brother for six months, and I never went back. So, and that's exactly Maria. how I feel it happened. I could. Yeah, so Maria, there was no way I would, I would leave at first. Right, but I, you know, so it, and and you know, like I said, one day I'll tell my story. But Maria, my whole point is that I want you to know that you had a big impact on my life, and I and I watch you, and I don't I don't have to instant message you, and I don't have to call you. You know, we've had conversations, but you are okay. a big influence in my world. You don't even know it, but you are, and I thank you for that. I thank you for being that strong woman that you were. Oh my gosh, I was not expecting that. <laughs> but uh, wow, um, you know, God sends the messages, you know, just when they're needed. And I want to thank you for sharing it because I didn't have any idea. I just do what I think that God put me back on this earth to do. And um, I'm just walking in my purpose no matter what. And and I do want to thank you because I, I had no idea. And I always tell the listeners, they know by now, this whatever happens on the show, it happens because it's not a script. <laughs> it's real. And um, thank you for sharing that because now I'm sitting over here crying. I'm like, yeah, I'm you know, and I'm like, let me just <laughs> mute the phone. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but you um, were. I had no you're, idea. You're strange. Your strength has encouraged me. I watched you. I watched a stranger cry to me. I cried for you. And I and I realized that your story was worse than mine, but we were two women that didn't know what to do and didn't know what was right or what was wrong. And you were the first one to have the courage and be like, I got to get out of this. I got to do something. So I just yeah. always I want you to know that, and I and you are a blessing. You I am so grateful that you're doing everything you're doing, and I am so I am happy that God just is continuing to bless you and use you in in the ways that He is. And like you said earlier, this today right now is for a reason. It, this is by no accident, ladies. Trust me, I've been in contact with Maria right. for six years, and I have never sat on this call. And this is absolutely for a reason. So, yes. yes. So I, hey, I love I, it. I, I plan on being a more because it is what it is. But I want to let yeah, the other young lady have her time. That's all I have to say. I'm not gonna say anything else. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Wow. I thank you so much, Shauna. Did we lose Shauna? Did she fall asleep? Shauna. She may have fallen asleep. Poor baby. It's kind of late for her. <laughs> Don't talk about me. <laughs> is that Shauna? It is. I'm uh, sorry. I was checking my son out at the doctor's office. Okay. <laughs> One of the things, um, first, I, first I want to say, you know, welcome. Thank you, ladies, for calling in because you guys have been awesome. I've enjoyed listening to you tonight. Sandy, thank you for being so bold and courageous with sharing your story. One of the things that stood out to me, C. Maria, as, they, as the ladies both spoke, not this didn't come from you, but from the other two ladies. 
um, Sandy mentioned the what if. You know, she went through the what if. You know, I'm saying because what if? What if it gets better? What if something, if he changes? Mm-hmm. What if? Um, and even uh, Jill mentioned sometimes she even considered, did I do the right thing? Did I do the right thing? Or should I do something differently? Something like that. And so the one, one thing I want to just encourage the listeners, because there's many women, because we all share part of the same story. So what I want to, you know, say to the listeners is, you know, you're you're questioning those what ifs. You know, what if you would have stayed just two more days? You know, <laughs> what if you would have stayed, you know, to see this thing through? You know, I'm going to just encourage you to just go with your gut. Just as Jill said, they're the, they show you who they are. Unfortunately, sometimes when we are blinded by various things, you know, we sit there and we ignore the, the signs and we ignore their directness. You know, they tell us exactly sometimes, you know, we ignore it. But I'm just going to just encourage ladies, don't second-guess yourself. First of all, make sure you're always safe and have someone that you can always go to, even if it's just a friend, even if you have to create a, a, a word, an emergency word. So if you were to call or text them with that word, you know, they knew they know to get to you or something like that. So always be safe. But just know the enemy is going to add every what if. He's going to list every what if in your head over. He's going to replay it over and over and over again to keep you entangled in their webs of deceit and lies and manipulation. So continue just to be strong, ladies. Do your things that you're doing. Continue to lift other women up. Continue to be a voice. Tell your stories because your stories will touch the lives of other women who are afraid to make a step or are just afraid to acknowledge what is actually even going on in their world. So, again, just thank everybody um, for sharing tonight. Thank you. Yeah. I I mean, it it was – this is one of those things where – I just get so, uh, what's the word? The adrenaline starts to flow, and it's like, mm-hmm. And see, for me, you guys had the husbands who were real, well, they were breadwinners, and they did the whole nine yards. Mine was a bum. So it made it a little bit easier for me because <laughs> I, when it's time for you to put out trash and all of that, usually most people put it out unless you're a hoarder. So he had to go. So if my trash was the treasure of the neighbor, and it was so funny because this past winter, we were all out doing our community thing, and I guess she had to go and pick him up and his family members to dig out her parents because they're down a little hill. And when the plows came, had come through, they had piled all the snow up around them. So she went and a whole carload of him and his, his other unemployed, useless family members had come with their little shovels to dig them out. And she rode past. And to look at her, she seemed like she was the most unhappiest woman in the world. And my neighbor was like, she's not that pretty. And then she looked so sad. And I said, well, let's keep digging. And uh, <laughs> I went in on about my business because... I I I I have no clue what she 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 thought that she was getting something wonderful and she got well she got him um and now she cannot get rid of him obviously and um I thank the Lord every day that I see him because that must be an awful lonely life to think, what if the police stop me again? Um, I'm driving somebody else's car. I don't have a license. What if I get in an accident? Mm-hmm. What if they come looking for me? I'm old as dirt. I don't have a retirement. I have no pension. I have no work history. I have nothing. I played a good game. You know, I built his company, 
And of course, he would rather do things shady and under underhanded, opposed to, you know, d- doing things by the book, by the law, and becoming successful. And he was very successful, but he chose to take the low road. And he had someone who's willing to lay down and die for him just to have his warm body in her cold bed. So I'm like, whatever, it works for me. So these are all conversations for another day. But um, I, I'm just so still in awe that I had no clue about Jill and I'm so glad that I was there but I didn't even know that how she viewed me that way because I was just this broken individual back then I didn't even know my purpose had not manifested to me at all at that point it just wasn't there I was trying to do other things and trying to stay afloat and um I guess I was walking in my purpose. It's just that I hadn't realized it yet. So, right. and you know, Sandy, for you, it's like you get to see this firsthand. Boom! It's right here. This is what I do. This mm-hmm. is my life. This is what I do. When I go to work in the morning, that's just my temporary inconvenience because this is what I want to do. <laughs> I want to. I want to travel the world. I want to dry those tears in other countries. I want to be that person who's there to talk to these people, and it's amazing that these stories, I hear these stories all over the world. And, you know, our U.S. media, they're quick to say, oh, this is what they do in this country and that country. I'm like, they're doing it right here. Let's talk about Mr. Stanford. I mean, um, mm-hmm. yeah, Stanford, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mr. Stanford, oh, you should have gotten 14 years, but dear old dad jumped in, and now you're going to get between three and six months, and you've destroyed that woman's life. When mm-hmm. I came home from the hospital and I was drugged and I woke up in the morning with that blue rag in my right hand and it was wet and he's standing over me grinning, telling me that he had raped me the night before. Now I couldn't go to the courthouse and tell the judge that we didn't have sex, so I can't divorce him now. I know what it's like to have someone take that thing. That's the one precious thing that we have. And when someone violates that or takes that from us, oh, there's a problem. And it didn't matter mm-hmm. that he was my husband. We were living totally separate lives. He shouldn't have been in my room. He should not have done that. He took that from me, and I can never get that back. So I had to learn how to move on from that. But I was mm-hmm. drugged, and the first thing out of his mouth was, well, you seem to like it. What? The nurse said, get me home, because eventually all of the painkillers would kick in, and I would be out like a light, and he took advantage of that. And the best thing Mm -hmm. he could tell me was that now I can't tell the judge that we didn't have sex, so now I can't divorce him. Bad move. Wrong answer. Wow. Mm. So it was just, it was just, and that had happened right before I had gone um, to the courthouse when I was still working, when Jill and I were still working together. That was right before I had gone to the courthouse to get my 18-month, um, was 12 months with a six-month extension. That's the most you can get in the state of Maryland. Before I got that, that was part of my testimony before the judge. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these are all the things, and I don't even know how I did it other than by the grace of God because – when someone's violated you like that, and I mean messed you up totally, and it takes you years to recover because of the injuries, and there's no one you can talk to, and there's no one who you feel as though gives a damn, 
It was to, in hindsight, it's like wow. I made it through an ugly, ugly storm. But again, that's just talk for another day. Um, but the ladies, uh, we have about 13 minutes left, so I'm just going to go around the room and say, anybody have anything they want to add to it? Sandy, I know you're brand yeah. new to this, but now you know what? This is the thing. Now you have people who have who either are or are going to listen to this and say, oh, my gosh, she's speaking my story. And just right. like Jill, you know, Jill will come on and Jill will tell her whole story. Because I tell you, to look at Jill's old pictures and all of that, yeah, that was like a lot of people probably think a perfect family, perfect life. Always smiling. Right. Beautiful home, by the way. Right. I mean, the house And that's how bad. my life was. But my now, one thing I do want to say, when I said that I, um, I was going through the what if, it wasn't what if I never left. Believe me, when I left, I knew it was time to go. God, he did the same exact thing with me. He opened my eyes. The day my husband said, you can't take your mom to the doctors, that was it. It was like a big flash of, no, it's time to leave. Because I wouldn't leave. I just wouldn't because I just wanted, I just kept saying it'll work, it'll work. God opened my eyes right then, and it was no doubt I was leaving. I already had it in my mind. So I started packing the next day. Um. My my what ifs were what if he was different. I never wanted to think about what if I stayed, what if I didn't leave, things like that, because I knew it was time for me to leave. Once I left, I never wanted to go back. This second time, I it was there's no way in the world I don't want this man back. I have nothing to do with him as far as that. Um, he's ex for sex. I'm like, oh, you must be crazy. You wouldn't have sex with me when we were together. So now you want to have sex with me that we're not? No. <laughs> My husband, he wouldn't even, he didn't even want me to touch him sexually. Um, can, I, can I interject? I knew he had girlfriends. Uh-huh. I want to ask you something. What's your name, Sandy? Right. I want to ask you this question. What if you were different? Uh-huh. What if you were what different? What if I was different? Yeah. Uh-huh. If, okay, what if, if it was I different was or different, what if he was different? You, and this is what if I'm If I was different, I would have left sooner. No, you will you will be different. And and I, right. I would love I would love to talk to you in three years, six mm-hmm. months, a year, and I like because you will be totally different and you will look back right. and say, Did I really just say that? What if you were different? And you're and you're right. you're still right. growing and you're still going through the process, but mm-hmm. And I reiterate this, and I say this time and time again. I I can't even explain to you guys in words how God has changed me. And I right. and I never ever in a million years thought I would leave my husband. But I never ever in a million years thought I would get through what I got through. I never thought I would right. be where I'm at today, three years ago. I didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel. So just. What if I want just manifest on that? What if you were different? Don't mm-hmm. don't even worry about the past. It's over with. He ain't different. Things weren't different. They ain't. You're gonna be right. different. You're moving forward, and that's mm-hmm. just, that's how you got to look at it now. But it, what if you were different? What when you are different? How's it gonna be? But just like Maria said, because I want to reiterate that, don't please don't let him back in your house because no letting him in your house. It's like mm-hmm. letting a vampire in your house. They have full access. Yep. Trust me, when you start seeing somebody, 
guess who's going to be knocking on your door at 2 in the morning? Yep. And guess who's going to be watching to see who cars out front of your house? And the thing it's is, happen. when he came here, it was like I had to, I watched his every move. Because just like when you were, when you were saying earlier, it's like a dog, um, you know, spraying his territory or whatever. That's how I felt. Like, I felt like, mm-hmm. what is he doing? So every time, like, when I asked him, I was like, do you want some water? Because we had to actually talk about business. But like um, Maria said, I should have went somewhere else and did it. But, and then also, his kids have kids. I, um, my granddaughter, I used to take care of her while her parents worked. So that was something I didn't want to detach from. I know now that I have to detach from that. Because that's just um, a way of him seeing me. So, mm-hmm. but as far as his kids, we were never close. So Maria knows how they are. <laughs> she knows how the yep. oldest one is. They're, they're yep. like aliens. And he let them do that to me. So, but as far as the, mm-hmm. the kids, kids, you know, when, when you're watching someone as a baby, you know, from the newborn, you know, just taking care of them during the day while the parents work. That's a little hard to detach from. But you have to, but I had to learn. I, you know, I had to tell myself, don't call to ask if you could see her, don't do this and things like that, you know. And she'll, she'll get it. Because I did tell her, like, things like, you know, Granny and Pop-Pop just can't live together. And she was like, are you coming back home? No, um, Granny lives here. Pop-Pop lives in the house over there. And that's how it's going to be, you know. And that's how I explained things to her. But I'm quite sure everybody else going to explain that his family was like, he really loves you. You two really need to be together. And I'm like, no, no, he doesn't love me. He never loved me. I was a convenient, I was, you know, it was just he needed me to be in that house to take care of him, his kids, the grandkids, or whatever else. But after that, you you don't have to explain that to them. Just say thanks for your kind words. Bye. Right. And, and you, that's you it. Don't, and you, you don't, don't have, have to answer the phone. But wait, ladies, no we got another caller yourself. on the line. We have another caller coming in now. Um, last two digits, 82. Last two digits, 82. Welcome, your name. Okay, can you guys hear me? Yes. Oh, okay, just wasn't sure. Hi, hi, Maria. This is Tori Lee calling again. I've been listening uh, for a while. <laughs> Let me tell you all, Tori Lee. And for those of you who do not know who Tori Lee is, and it's a shame Marisol is not on tonight, Tori Lee is the person who sings the theme song for all of my shows. Tori Lee is actually the artist who you heard at the beginning of the show, and you will hear her when we come off. Well, Tori is here tonight. Thank you so much for joining in, sis. I love me some Tori Lee, by the way. So before we leave, ladies, stay on, and you will hear... Tori's song, Good Music, that I believe she debuted on Healing Through Hurt a couple years ago. And that song has been on, um, it's been our theme song ever since. And uh, on Saturdays for my Saturday Morning Motivation, her song finally is Tori as well. But welcome, sis. And uh, I know that you were saying some things over in the uh, in the Facebook group. So we have a couple minutes left, so I'm going to turn the mic over to you. Yeah, I, I just wanted to comment because I've been I've been listening, um, listening in, and 
just from a, you know, um, from a younger woman's point of view, I, I've never, I've never been married, and I think this is something I've been dealing with lately. So why I can't get close to anybody else? I've never been married, but a lot of, um, a lot of older people that I know always say, "You don't understand, and you haven't been through enough," and nobody really knows my story, you know, being around my mother who had been abused growing up, so that's all I actually saw, and to strive so hard to not be anything like her. It's not that I don't love her. I love her and I admire her, but I don't, I didn't want to be anything like her because I, I almost watched her die in front of me when I was five. So then as I got older, I started to kind of get involved with those same type of men and didn't even notice it. So now I'm in abusive relationships even to where I got into a, one of my biggest abusive relationships with my daughter's father, where he would fight me the whole time I was pregnant. And mm. I kept telling myself, like, okay, well, you know what? You got to go through something just to get through something. So whatever, he'll stop. We'll get over it until the last time he fought me and my daughter was actually born and he cracked my head open. And that was it for me. And I was like, you know what? Um you know, the next time you ever decide you want to raise your hand at anybody, I mean, you can't even raise your hand at me to give me a high five. You better not even reach for a hug for me because I might think you're trying to do something to me, and that'll be the last time you ever raise anyone in your hands. And he's never put his hand. Me and him didn't work out. And I think being in those relationships as a younger woman who is looking for love, who wants to be in a good relationship with a, with a great man and is seeking for her daughter to have a good father, um, it's damaging to me because after that I've met, I've met really awesome guys, but they've broken my heart in a different type of way, always cheating, always doing so many different things. So it's so much harder for me to see another man as my potential king where I can, for me and him to build because I'm so broken. And not that I want to bring what I've seen in my past into another relationship, but there's a wall that can't be broken. You give so much trust, and then something happens where they break it, and you keep, how like, how much longer, I kept telling myself, how long do I have to keep saying, oh, it'll it'll pass, and that too will pass, and oh, he'll get over it, and hope until I finally told myself and how I live now is I'm the prize. I'm the prize. I don't, I don't right. have to explain anything to anybody. I don't have to do anything other than what I'm supposed to do. I, if I don't want to have sex with you, I don't. If I don't, I'm not cooking you a meal because you're not my husband. I'm not your item. I'm not cooking you a meal. You hungry? Let's go out to eat. You buy a meal. I buy a meal. I just, I'm not going to put myself in a situation where you feel more comfortable to where you can break the rules, and if I break the rules, I got to come to you sobbing and crying and begging for your forgiveness back. No. And I think that that's an, I think younger people don't really understand it. We keep feeling like we can't accept it, and we can accept it because we've seen stronger, we've seen other women before us, and now we see how strong they are, but we didn't understand their plight. And that's why, because we saw them taking it and taking it and taking it, not understanding why they took it, but now it's, when you understand that, you don't have to take it. I'm not. I'm 29. I'm not explaining myself to anybody. You either are for me or you're not. You can sit on that side of the bench. I'll sit on this side of the bench, and I'm okay. I feel some type of way that men always look at me like, oh, you're so pretty, you're so sexy. And it's like, well, when you say I'm sexy, you see me as a sex symbol, which is fine. 
But I don't want you to see me as somebody that you can lay up with opposed to somebody that you can sit down, watch a movie with, get to know me, understand me, and possibly make me your wife because I'm not dating you for you to get your rocks off. Right. I could really care less about that. And it's like just to hear the women's stories come in, I it's like I haven't lived long enough to been through it, but I saw my mother go through it, and my mother has never been married. She's a single woman, and I feel for her because I know that that's something that she wants, but she's not going to be able to get it because she's been so broken and dragged to the ground. She can't, she can't see herself with somebody on that standpoint because it's a, it's a defense mechanism. We all become afraid. And it's true. It's so many men to one woman where they have a choice, but we don't. Because most of the men are liking men or something. It's always something else. So it's like we don't have a choice, but it's so scary for me because I feel that I won't ever witness it. And I'm afraid that by the time my daughter gets a certain age, she's not going to witness what a real man is supposed to be like because it's like, you have to go through all the bad ones before you can find the good one, and then you'll miss out on the good one because you're afraid that he's just like the bad one. So I appreciate hearing all of the stories because I needed that today because that's a daily struggle for me, and I never talk about it with anybody. I keep it to myself, so I needed to hear all of you women, everything that you women went through because it lets me know that there's still light in the tunnel. I'm young, but to me, life has no time stamp. I could walk away tomorrow. I could not wake up in the morning, and I wouldn't have to feel something that I thought would be so great, a marriage, and to have more children and to be a part of that. And so just to hear it lets me know that I'm still living, and so I should still keep it fresh in my heart to know that you have to go through some of the rough patches to prepare you for the right person, and you will know, and you don't have to feel bad, you don't have to beat yourself down, and you don't have to be envious or get mad over other people's situation because they're in a better, you feel they're in a better place, but you never know what their story is. And so I appreciate hearing all of you ladies today because it gave me strength enough to know that I'm, I'm still in the running for my knight in shining armor, and I just wanted to share that with you all today. So thank you. Oh my God! You know what? I, never, I want to thank never you. give up and never give up and think what? that there are. I mean that you won't find anyone. Believe me, there are so many good men out there. It just so happens maybe some of us have run into that bad one, and we loved him. We gave him the love that he didn't deserve. But like with me, like I told in the beginning of the of the show, I refuse. I mean, I absolutely refused. The first time I, I divorced, I just was so down and out and whatnot, and I beat myself up. I refused to do that this time. I watched a lot of older women, a lot of my mom's friends, um, stick out of marriage just because even my mother-in-law, she even taught me one day. She says, I wish I never married this guy, but when once I married him, I just, suck it out, and I'm going to stick it out. And she's, like, waiting for him to die. He's in his 90s. She's in her 80s. You were miserable your whole life with this man? That's crazy. I just refuse to do that because life is, mm-hmm. I mean, you're supposed to live your life. You have to be happy mm-hmm. in life. But never, ever think that all guys are the same. It's just, like me, I had to learn. When I see that bad, I mean, that one thing that I don't like in a guy, I'm not going to give it a second chance. I'm going to let it go. Right. 
And the ladies right. today did it. They told me, you don't have to explain yourself. And I'm going to stick nope. to that because I've been telling myself this, but I don't always listen to myself. But I have been telling myself this. So um, and that's just something that you, you have to instill in yourself. And sometimes you do, because I do talk to myself a lot. I walk around this apartment and I talk to myself because, believe me, I didn't think that I was going to make it. I mean, well, I, no, I'm going to rephrase that. I knew I was going to make it. I just didn't know how I was going to make it. Once my husband told me I could never make it without him, I left. And I, I told him, I'm going to make it. I knew it. But when I moved in with my mom, I was scared because I was a housewife for years. Um, I suffered from depression. And it was so many things. But I'm going to tell you, God has a way of changing things. I got an apartment within two months. I got furniture. I, I mean, I saved my money, and I got furniture. I did this. I did that. Within these two years, I have everything that I want. But the only thing now I have to do is save for a car. My husband took the car. But look at it like this. What I do is when people say, oh, that's terrible. No, no, no. God has something better for me. That, was, that car wasn't meant mm-hmm. for me. God has something way mm-hmm. better for me. So mm-hmm. always know there's a guy out there for you, and it's a good guy out there for you. I mean, it's a guy that's going to treat you like you're supposed to be treated. Because I will not mm-hmm. accept any guy that will not treat me like I'm supposed to be treated ever again. Okay, Maria, mm-hmm. can I say something? Sure. Um, this is Jill, guys. So I, I just everything I'm hearing and and Tori, you're 29, and I so. I respect everything you say, but I I hear the hardness in your heart. And I'm 43. I had a kid at 18. I was married at 18. But I I think, and Maria, this might be a a good topic for us, because I find that so many young women now, we are so hardcore, and we have to prove that we are independent, that we are tough, that we can do everything our own, and we can have this materialistic stuff. And what I want to say None of that matters, and I want mm-hmm. I want us to be become women of faith, women of structure, women of good spirit, women that give and 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 give in a way of not material things, but a, of knowledge. We plant mm-hmm. seeds that God has given us, and I want all of right. you know, and especially you, Tori, you you have so much pain inside of you. I hear it, and you are, and it's from your mom. It's from. A boyfriend or whoever And it's almost like And and forgive me And I don't want to say this the wrong way And I don't want you to take it the wrong way But it's almost like We are determined To show these men That we're not taking any crap from them That we are independent And we can do this without them And I want us to really Step back from that And say to ourselves that We can be these amazing women, we can give, mm-hmm. we can be a wife, we can be a housewife, but we will be respected and we will be loved mm-hmm. and we will be right. honored. And, and I, mm-hmm. I, I want us to know that. And the way this society is today is that we have to prove ourselves. And I hear that in you, Tori, because you are the younger generation. You know, I'm 43, and, yes, I want to pertain my innocence and that I'm independent and all that, but let me tell you something. I want a man <laughs> – to come in my house and take care of me and love me and cook. I want to cook him dinner, but I want I want yeah, that to right. replicate from him. Right. And, 
And I want all of us to know that, like, we don't have to be those women that are walking around with these big bags or these $5,000 purses and these $200, $300 pair of shoes, and we got the Lexus or the BMW sitting outside. That's not right. – that surface stuff means nothing because guess what? We go tomorrow, like Corey said, I might not be here or whoever said that, we're not taking any of that with us. Right. God is looking mm-hmm. at our spirit and what we are passing oh. on to other women to become empowered, to be better, to teach our daughters, to be amazing women because we need to be like no one else. When a guy asks you mm-hmm. what you bring to the table, you are the damn table. That's what you bring. That's right. You don't bring a degree. You don't bring the car. You don't bring the house. You don't bring the red bottoms. You don't bring the Gucci purse, the Louis Vuitton. None of that matters. It does mm-hmm. not matter. Your spirit matters. And that's what right. I want all of us to take from what Tori said, is that none of that right. matters. Like, we're so, we're so hardcore inside, and we want to be this and this. And, and honestly, us, some of us black women have that reputation of we're hardcore, and some people don't want to mess with us. I don't mess with her because you know how they are. I don't, I don't want that impression for someone to think that's who I am. And I don't want anybody to think that's whoever anybody else is. And that we have to we have right. to come away from that. And we have to we have to pull ourselves from being those women, statistical women that society thinks that we are as black women and we've got to change that. We've got to change that. We cannot let these men make us something that we're not because they are insecure, because they failed yeah. us, because they were nasty to us, because they abused us. Because they disrespected us. That has nothing to do right. with us. Well, mm-hmm. ladies, ladies, we are actually into our after show because the show went off air almost 15 minutes ago. But the good part <laughs> is when people hear the replay, they will hear the show in its entirety. So what I'd like to do is we're here every single week. Naturally, this is going to be a two-parter, so I'll set the show up for another two hours next Tuesday if you can all make it. We can pick up right here where we left off because we need to finish this. This is something yeah. that a lot of people need to hear. We need to invite our friends to be on this call. And one thing that you said was that stigma about the mad black woman. And then you have um, people who aren't black who are, uh, are to be, you know, viewed upon as shy and timid. We can get into that as well. Yeah. But, Tori, if everyone is free, come back next week so that we can really finish this. Well, we can continue this. How about we say that? Because our journeys aren't going to finish anytime mm-hmm. soon. We're always on our path. Mm-hmm. But next week, we can come back. So I'm going to end it here because I want everybody who's still on the line to hear Tori's song because most people love that song. They, I put out a <laughs> call for a new song once, and people went absolutely crazy. I said, okay. I was like, I was just well, asking. I'm to hear it, <laughs> so before I go, I know that, that you two are left because Shauna's, um, she's uh, jumped off, but I always say that I slash we pray each and every one of you within the sound of our voices enough. We pray you enough sunshine to brighten your rainy days. We also pray you enough rain to make your gardens grow beautiful. Where's my soft music? To make your gardens grow beautifully. (laughs) And we also pray you enough smiles to turn the frown you've been carrying around upside down. But most of all, We pray you enough strength and courage to face whatever you may be facing from this very moment and beyond. So, again, 
this has been another great session here at Focus Females Global Chat Cafe. We are here every single Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. So hopefully everyone will be back next week. Tori and Jill and and Sandy and Shauna and myself and probably some others because we'll probably have more listeners next week as well. Uh, Our listeners over in the chat room when the show ended, of course, it ended for them unless they got on the call in. But as we begin, we will end with this has been a great night, good people, good conversation, and we're going to end our show with good music as we started and tonight we are honored enough to actually have Miss Tori Lee here with us but ladies you're in for a treat because I love this song to death I absolutely adore it Tori is such a powerful lady check out her music by the way Tori share where they can check out all of your music by the way and then put it up over in the chat in uh, uh, Focus Females Global too okay yeah, well, you can find my music on um, Reverb Nation. It's ReverbNation.com forward slash Tori Lee and the number four. So you can find it there. You find more music there, and you can also find a lot of things on SoundCloud just under Miss Tori Lee, MZ Tori Lee, or on YouTube. I have a few videos there as well. And I have a radio show that comes on every Wednesdays and Thursdays from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern um, Central Standard Time on Spreaker.com. So I'll post all that stuff in the in the chat, but I enjoyed yeah. myself with you, with you ladies today. Hey, Tori, what's your um, talk show on or your radio show? It's on this it station called Spreaker. Yeah, I'll post it. I'll post it in the group room. Um, and yeah. I want to um, link up with you. I'm gonna um I'm gonna link you with, up with you on Facebook. I want to talk to you. My son's in the music. I'm gonna link up with you. Maybe you can we can network. Oh yeah, most definitely. I love music. All about the network there. <laughs> yes. So, ladies, I think that I see something else. God is sending me a new vision. I'll tell you all about my visionary stuff later on. But tonight. Mm-hmm. As always, I want to con- uh, continue to remind everyone to continue to pay it and pray it forward. So as I said, we're about to go before mm. they cut us off altogether, but this is Tori Lee's Good Music. Ladies, I'll see you back over in the chat room for a few moments if you want to keep chatting there. Open Focus Females Global, which is our Facebook group for all of the listeners. You can join us there. Um, again, this is Tori Lee. The title of the song is Good Music. Ladies, I'll see you over in the chat room for a few moments before I retire for the evening as well. Thank you so much. This has been one god-awesome <laughs> show. Yes, it has Love been. So now, ladies, <laughs> sit back, relax, and listen to Tori Lee. Good music.
somebody go so crazy. A time of man, I love beat. It's the way the music comes over me. The emotions I get, I won't fight. Sometimes the music is sure to make you cry, then dry your eyes. You know, when the music is the way you can hide. Well, I, I get lost in your words. It feels so good when I'm hurt. Take my mind off of the pain. Love when the beat takes me away with only good music. Please don't stop the music Cologne strum my pain with the fingers I could really use it Quiet storms full of purple rain My Sharia more lovely as a summer day I'll let the whispers follow Marvin Gaye In my headphones till the music starts to fade away I give away my brown sugar for a bit of pop If love really was a bullet, I'd have took the shot Yeah, uh Now would you buy me a drink Just to take me home Put your game in a song just to make me moan. I like my Robin pick me alone. A thug album, triple shots, that's a trace. I get lost in your words. It feels so good when I'm hurt. Take my mind off of the pain. Love when the beat takes me away with only good music. 